0: Who needs a vacation? I think we could all use one. Did you know that there are 23 Holiday Inn Club Vacations resorts across the U.S.? These resorts feature spacious villas with private patios, luxurious linens, upgrades, and not to mention championship golf, sparkling pools, delicious restaurants, and more. It's a total luxury experience. For more information, visit hcvvacations McGraw. Well, hello out there, all you listeners and the secret squad. Of course, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's time for another episode of I've Got a Secret. And today, well, today is a little bit different. I know I always start with the secret too, but I'm doing things just a little bit off. And I've got a secret. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm not giving the title of the episode today until the end. I'm not going to decide on the title of this episode until the end. Now, I know all of you clicked on and there was a title, but my secret to you right now is I did not come up with that title until we finished. And I'll tell you why. This episode may be the most profound, the most powerful episode that I've done. So let's get with it. We're talking about being a mother. But not only that, we're talking about motherhood, being a woman, focusing on determination, goals, lifelong dreams, and just everything that goes with it. My first guest is Dana Vollmer. She is an Olympic swimmer, motivational speaker, and mom of two boys with a resume you will not believe. She is the fourth- most gold-medaled female Olympian in the U.S. of all time. She has participated in three Olympics. Now think about that. We all know how far apart each Olympic is. So she has set six world records and has won seven Olympic medals, five of them being gold. But it gets better. Dana gave birth to her first son, Arlen in 2015. A short 15 months after this pregnancy, she qualified for the Rio Olympic Games and then went on to win three medals. Now that just gave me cold chills all, oh, I just love it. I love it. I just the fact that I got to say it. Her gold in those games is USA Swimming's first ever gold won by a mother. I'm going to give everyone in the audience out there time to clap. I just can't believe that. I'm going to have to tell you, you are a superwoman, Dana. And then also with me is Dr. Charles Sophie. Dr. Sophie is a board-certified psychiatrist that has dedicated his life to the physical and mental well-being of children and families. He is a frequent contributor to Dr. Fell. The Today Show, The View, CNN, and many more. Aside from his private practice, he also serves as medical director for the Los Angeles Department of Children and Family Services. And on top of all of that, Dr. Sophie is a father. He has a beautiful, handsome, fun son, and his name is Ben. I hope it's okay that I'm talking about him. He's sitting here in the room, and guess what? He just got his driver's license. So, Dana, where do we start? Because right now I'm looking at you and you should have like an aura about you. And you do. And you should have (laughs) angels flying around. You should have music playing. But we were visiting before we got started. And I loved it when you said, that's not all it's about. Correct?
2: Correct. Yeah.
0: So tell us, how do you like to be described or introduced?
2: What should I have added? (laughs) I always feel like, I should just have something ready of how to introduce me. Um, exactly. But I feel like that's what's so fun. We're all so complicated. How can you sum us up in a little paragraph uh-huh. and uh, just trying to figure out what parts of me are what I feel like are the most important. And tell us that. So um, I'm still figuring it out. It's mm-hmm. one of those I retired from swimming in August. Oh. So it's only been a couple months uh-huh. of kind of being in a new job. and working at an architecture firm and and my two boys and new routines. And uh, it's given me time. I'm working on reflecting on what I want to take away from my swimming journey and my swimming career. And it's never just been about the medals. It's, you know, it was amazing getting to be a mom. It still just surprises me Mm -hmm. when people say first gold medal, for you for USA swimming as a mom and and uh, I know that that's gonna change. We're seeing so many mom athletes. it's It's really exciting. Um, yeah, it's just been an amazing couple months of really getting to try to reflect on what my swimming journey and becoming a mom has has meant to me.
0: How often or do you ever want to tell a stranger, someone new that you've met that may not know that? Do you ever? tell that first? Or do you wait until someone else tells it? Do you ever lead with that?
2: I don't normally lead with it. It's oh. it's part of why uh, if I'm supposed to mingle as Dana Vollmer, the Olympian, sometimes it's nice to bring my husband along uh-huh. and he does the introduction. Yeah, yes. um, otherwise, I've had friends who didn't know for months and we're really close with our neighbors. Uh-huh. And I used to internally, I would chuckle because they called my husband the athlete and they had no idea about my swimming. We we bought our house when I was pregnant with with Arlen, my first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it wasn't, I think, until a year later that they found out. I was kind of talking about speaking and sponsorships and they're like, wait, <gasps> who is this girl? And so they actually Googled me and that was how they found Not out. Really, uh, There's something about it that... I want to develop really authentic friendships. Mm-hmm. I like to connect with people in a different way than starting off with "Hey, look what I've accomplished." Have you displayed your medals in your home? I haven't. Um, oh. Part of that is because I don't remember how old I was, but I heard a news story that Michael Phelps's house was broken into, oh. and luckily he keeps his medals in a safety dis- in a safety deposit box, and so it's. It was that fear that, oh, if I put these up, someone might break in and take them and you can't get them replaced. I totally understand that. And you cannot get them replaced. No, (gasps) no. So because I do bring them to clinics that I do, to speeches that I do, Um, you know, the ribbons are getting a little worn, but I'm using them to inspire people. And so how old are your children? Two and four. And have you shown them and do they understand? I don't I don't know. They uh, I'm. Got to do it was career week at my son's preschool when he was three, and so I brought in one of my racing suits. I brought in my medals, and I let the kids wear them. They passed around the suit. We did um, a butterfly race, so I had them stand up, and for fifty-five seconds, which was my world record, they had to jump. And it was just kind of to show them how long my race is. And um, I remember kids would just say like, "Oh, Arlen's mommy brought in her big necklaces." Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. But in Rio, it was pretty cool that they actually had a plastic replica. So I, I got, got to bring that. one home for Arlen. So he wore that thing around constantly for, for the first couple months. Oh, Dr. Sophie,
0: tell, tell us right now, what are you thinking after just hearing this part already, just hearing what she said to say?
1: Really lucky children oh. to have such a wonderful mother.
0: I love
1: really. that. Really. I mean, it's amazing. You're so down to earth.
0: So down to earth. That's right. So humble. Yep. I didn't expect it to be any other way. I guess if you had told me, yes, I have them displayed, and I'm so proud that I tell everyone, I would have accepted that. I would have thought, good for you. I don't blame you. So this is so refreshing to hear this. I I love it because there's no one else that can tell your story. So I admire you so much. And especially hearing this this part of your story already, so thank you. What do you think it is about you mm-hmm. that makes you you?
2: Yeah, I feel like you know, two things come to mind when I think about my upbringing. We traveled all over the place. You know, we we didn't have a lot of money. It was just more about the family connection and activities together, whether that was camping or canoeing or uh, water parks and. I think that that gave me kind of this sense of adventure, kind of always searching for something that's, that's thrilling. And um, actually just recently, another one of my neighbors, I have fantastic neighbors, oh, um, but she told me on all your travels, have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And I actually really took that to heart in one of my last, it was like two meets before my last swim meet. And instead of sitting in the room and dwelling on how I was going to perform, I was in Budapest. So, I usually, I need to have a buddy to kind of go sightsee. I I don't tend to go out just by myself, but I went out on my own. Is that a rule
0: from the Olympic Committee, or is that just something you believe in?
2: It has actually been a rule since I was little uh, when you travel with the U.S. team. Mm -hmm. Um, this We were traveling on our own as athletes. Um, So, I did... I went out, I took a bus tour, I had lunch on my own. I, I really, I sat in front of the river and just experienced Budapest. And But so I think a lot of that was from my parents. And mm-hmm. my mom is always just talking about new things and mm-hmm. wanting to experience new things. And, and then I think my dad really instilled in me that whatever you don't know, you can find out.
0: I love that. I'm going to be really honest, tell you a secret about that. I'm scared to death of the water. I mean, I can get in the water. If it's like at my waist, let's say, and uh, I'm not afraid to get in a boat or whatever if I'm secure and such, but I couldn't compete or play a long time in the water. So I'm so proud of you. My husband and boys are all certified in scuba diving and have just begged me to do that. And I'm just, I really, really want to. I really wish I could, but there's no way that's happening. And then now I'm listening to you. You inspire me. Maybe I will do that. So that's just wonderful. So do you believe that you'll pass on those traits that you received from your parents to your children?
2: I, I think so. You know, I think we all take the the good lessons that we, mm-hmm. we loved about our upbringings. And then there's obviously things that I think everyone didn't like about their upbringing that they'll change when they go in with their kids. And um, let me tell you, it's kind of terrifying when you mm. think about the ways that your kid's can internalize and interpret yeah. all the things that you say to them, Doctor Sophie. Weigh it on that. It's a
1: different world. Also, the influences that are on them. So, how they interpret those things will be different than how you did.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's
1: another worry and another concern.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I'm really close with my mom, um, but our relationship with swimming was really hard. I felt like I was second to the sport of swimming, that that kind of came yeah. first. And um, to also see that she had such a love of swimming and she actually held New England records in <gasps> eighth grade and then they didn't offer sports for women in her high school. So mm-hmm. this idea of what she could have done with the sport and it was, I feel like, stolen from her that how could I not want to fulfill this to, to the extent that I could? Um, but then also just wanting the mom that heard that I was struggling or was having a hard time and that it's not just about pushing me to the next right, level in a right. sport.
1: Do you think you were motivated by her to jump in and do it?
2: I definitely think there were times that I would have left the sport earlier if it wasn't for her. Um, you know, I think it was the combo of, of her willingness to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and drive me to the pool and her focus on nutrition. And both my parents said that it would never be about finances on why you didn't get to achieve your dream. So, yeah. I mean, they put every all my swim meets on credit cards and they were there at all the swim meets. And we joke because I made my first national team at 13 years old. And so they were like, oh, it's a, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. We have to go to this. And then now what? Like seventeen years later, it's been each year right. um, a new opportunity.
1: Were there ever times that you saw that they got more joy out of it than you did?
2: I think so. I think um, I think part of me is still searching for the acknowledgement of how hard it was. But from I think them. from them, from from them, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that um, you know, it's something that I'm I'm trying to figure out myself and how I want to raise my boys. Right. And uh, you know, I think I see it now. I think my mom maybe had a fear that if she acknowledged the struggle and how hard it was, that that would be my out and maybe I wouldn't Mm -hmm. keep swimming. Um, And so that balance of how hard do you push, when is it okay to say no? And when is it okay that maybe you want to change dreams? Mm -hmm.
1: Did you ever try or get tired and say no or maybe not?
2: You know, honestly, I I never really felt like I could, um, but I was also so successful you know, And so it's one of those, it's it's taken me a long time to figure out what about the sport is mine and that I love and that I'm passionate about and figuring out of, of what the sport meant to me. And uh, you know, then I didn't make the Olympic team in 2008. I think that was my big eye opener. Was it? Yeah. And, and how did you feel when you didn't make it? That I was letting everybody else down. But
1: oh. well, what about yourself?
2: I don't think I knew exactly what I wanted, but I felt like my coaches hadn't invested so much time in me, my parents, the in financial investment, um, that me not succeeding was was me failing all of them. Oh, and I mean, okay. I felt that behind the blocks. And uh, honestly, it had kind of been like, I was swimming great. I was swimming great. I was swimming great. So you you don't get that extra push to change. Yeah. And then I missed the Olympic team, and it was like, okay, now I can admit that something's not working. And I, I really focused on a lot of the the mental side of the sport, my mental strength, and my diet, kind of how I approach the sport. That was when I really embraced this meditative mm-hmm. side of it, and understanding that that's more me. I don't have to pretend to be something. Yeah, You're Be have something to else.
1: this aggressive person chasing something. You could be enjoying it and yeah. relaxing.
0: Yeah,
2: and so time to
0: take a break and refocus. Maybe do it your way. Do you believe mm
2: -hmm. that transition was made in that four years? I do. I I don't think I would have been as successful in 2012 if it wasn't for missing that team in 2008. And you know, I feel like some people think it's just oh, it's I just didn't make the Olympic team, and then I was just that much more motivated to work really hard to make the 2012. And I feel like it was much more the mental switch. And understanding myself and my true motivations and, uh, and the
1: connection to the sport.
2: And the connect, yeah, my connection to the sport. Um, Do you mind if I ask how old you were when you didn't make it that year? You didn't make it. I was 20. So I made my first Olympic team in 2004 at 16. I kind of felt like I was going through this whirlwind of motions and everything kind of worked out. And um, I mean, I, I had heart surgery, I had ACL oh. surgery, all of that was before even my first Olympic team. But it still just kind of felt like I was young and just kind of yes. going with the groove. You yeah, we were young. I made the Olympic team. Wow. And um, I just remember feeling very overwhelmed and I didn't even know how to react when I won that first gold medal. And, <sighs> and then it kind of felt like things set in on how hard yeah. you really have to work yeah, for this. Right. Um,
1: Do you feel you got gypped in your life? Like if you weren't in this sport and you had friends and went out on a Friday night kind of thing?
2: Um, I feel like you could go both ways. I I so value where I am now and everything that I've learned from the sport. Uh, There's a lot of different things that I I don't wish on any other athlete. Um, It's something I'm I'm trying to work on a new keynote speech on on what I'm trying to take away from my swimming career and and what I want to pass on to other moms, other parents, other student athletes in college, and also parents with Athletes yeah. that they're raising um, and trying to figure that out. Um, kind of what I've always said to myself is that it's a balance that you have to find individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and and coaches, I think, need to hear that. Right. Never I did I have that. a coach that said you shouldn't go to prom.
1: Mm.
2: You know, and oh, I love that.
1: That's good. I
2: love that. That there are things in your childhood that you need to experience.
1: Right, you can't miss those.
2: You, you can't skip out on those and. Even in college, you know, I've known coaches that you know, say New Year's, that the the next day is the hardest practice of yeah. the year, and I feel like it's just trying to make you not have fun on yeah. New Year's and punishing you right. if you do. Right. And oh, I believe that. Yeah. My college coach, day. we get we get the day off. Right. Like That's we good. work so hard that we also deserve to mm-hmm. have that part mm-hmm. of our life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Before we started this, you were talking about your keynote speech. And uh, I loved it when you said, you know, I really want to use this time, this speech to zero in on what it is or was about my life that will touch other women and mothers. And uh, the sincerity in your eyes and and in your voice and the dedication to it was really beautiful to me. And uh, I love it that you are not going to fall back on gold medals. And well, you said that that's just one part of who you are. That you wanted to focus on everything that brought you up to that event and everything since then. So, if I can just say one word, I believe you have a tremendous amount of insight into who you are. Maybe tap into that. Right. Dr. Sophie, am I 100% off base? right? Thank because
1: you. Because that insight is what's making you feel deep to us and we can connect to that. Uh-huh. And it then resonates. Yeah. It's yeah. real authenticity.
0: Would yeah. you say that about yourself that you have? a tremendous amount of insight and have for almost your entire life?
2: Probably. And I, I've just, that's a part of life that has always really excited me. I feel like I'm constantly asking myself, why, why do I think that way? What do I hold as truths that maybe aren't? And mm-hmm. questioning things that were said to me as a child or in college that you just latch onto and yes. maybe need to let go. Mm. Um, yes, yes.
0: Because... I'm a lot like you in what some of the things you've just said. And Philip has said this before, even in a book, there are pivotal moments in our life that have defined who we are today and pivotal people, pivotal events and and such. And I think about it all the time. Hmm. That's why I look at situations like that. But I don't ever say maybe anymore. Of course, I'm much older than you. I'm going to be 66 in just a few months. And it's been such a, I'll say, relief that when I can look now back and and even today reflect on and have such a peace about myself, because now I don't think maybe I know and I don't challenge it anymore. I have made that decision. So insight, choice, those are pivotal words in my life. I really admire you, that you're young, you have young children, and you're on that journey because you're ready to be there and live that life, correct? Yeah.
2: And it, I mean, it's such a transition point yes, yeah, again. I mean, is. every every Olympics kind of seems like a transition and, and learning more about myself mm-hmm. and what I was passionate for. And, and then in this retirement and mm-hmm. really acknowledging that so many doors are open and I now get to really s- decide what I'm passionate yes. about and that no one's stopping me from pursuing whatever I'm passionate about. And
0: who do you believe is the one person that you need approval or confirmation from before you do anything?
2: I feel like I would want to say myself. Yes. <laughs> like, that's good that's me saying, hmm, what's the helping. right answer, the answer here? Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's the right answer. Um, but what's the real answer? You
2: know, but that's, I mean, that's something that, that I am working on. I think I still seek so much approval from my parents, from my husband. Um, You know, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying (laughs) there's anything wrong with that. But yeah, but I think it's, you know, when I I find that inner voice, that voice that's still trying to people please, Mm -hmm. that it's not about me or what I want to pursue. It's about what I think other people think I should pursue or Mm -hmm. expect of me. Um, And I even found it Again, with with writing this keynote, I think that's why I've started writing this too, yes. is it was another piece of that self-discovery Yes, that, um, you know, I hit a point when I was like, I don't know if this is what people want to hear. Trust me, whatever
0: you want to say from your heart, they want to hear it, I believe.
1: Yeah, as long as you do that from yeah. your heart. Yeah. Because that's what makes it resonate and translate. So it I was think-
2: so much of, you know, I, I've gotten to a point where I don't just want to stand up and talk about you know, how young I was when I started swimming. I made my first Olympic team at this age. I won my first gold medal. And while I I find it a certain surface level of, of inspiration, I know that it's all of the, the insight that I want right. to share and that I'm passionate right. about sharing right. with people. Mm-hmm. And I've never written a speech like that. Mm-hmm. It's always just been kind of my accolades. Because if you
0: think about it, and trust me, I'm not the expert here. He's sitting across the room from me. But In my opinion, I feel like I know exactly what you're talking about. And just take this with a tiny grain of salt. What you just said could be printed with their program, you know, in your bio, your gold medals and such. I don't think that's anything not to talk about. I actually think you should lead with that. I mean, come on. You're amazing because really no one else can say what you can say. I would lead with that in a heartbeat. And then go on to talk about you, the woman, mm-hmm. the wife, the mother, because it's not something to not say. Yes. Am I right? Right. Dr. Or Shopee?
1: share. I mean, just hearing it from your mouth yes, is meaningful.
0: It's amazing. You don't realize No one that. else can do that. No right. one else can say that.
1: Do you ever worry about losing, being in shape or anything?
2: Yes. <laughs> What's that like? I mean, I so I retired and then I ended up with really bad pneumonia. <gasps> no. So I, it was three rounds of antibiotics. I was doing inhalers. I just like could not breathe. Um, And so it's kind of been these past couple months that it was going from working out constantly to literally the opposite and being sick and staying at home. And then my two-year-old had pneumonia. My dad got pneumonia. But then it's been exciting, again, to get to build – working out from a place of what I really enjoy. And my mind does go back to that meditative qualities. And I, I really enjoy yoga. I enjoy spin classes. Um, but really getting to look at it from that state, I don't consider myself high energy and bouncy. Mm-hmm. Um, so those type of aerobics classes, just, no, no thank you. <laughs> and I think that's
0: wonderful that you have discovered what your body, your mind needs because, of course, I'm not going to get on a soapbox here, but my number one mission always is to encourage anyone, especially women, to put themselves at the top of the list. Self-care is so important. Yes. Uh, it's, it's not selfish to take care of yourself. When you take care of yourself, then you're in better shape and better mindset to take care of those you love and, mm-hmm. and to do the things that you are passionate about. So I love it that you have discovered a few things that you know put you in that frame of mind and put you in that place where you can can now work on what it is that you need to work on or want to work on. So yeah. bravo, bravo that yoga does it or m- meditating does it. I love journaling because I I prefer the high aerobic type exercise in the gym or yeah. whatever, but I also love soaking in a bubble bath and praying and lighting candles, and I also love journaling. Mm -hmm. So I encourage anyone and everyone to do exactly what it takes to give yourself that gift of self-care and peace of mind.
2: And that's what I always want to challenge people to find. Like, if you don't like running, Mm -hmm. don't run. There are so many different ways (laughs) to work out. That's the one thing, running outside. I'll
0: never forget, Philip and I were first married, and these precious girls across the street, sisters, would get out there every morning and run. So I walked out one day and said, wow, y'all, look so happy and you get out of here and you stretch and you take off. Can I join you? They said, sure. I lasted a block. Running outside is not for me. So you just keep going and I'll see you later. And I have never run since then. I'm running on the treadmill. Great, but not outside. So Mm. it's okay to not like everything and do everything. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then I always also say that like it takes... Two to three weeks, at least for me, to get into a new routine. Mm-hmm. I agree. That yeah. I like working out in the mornings before anybody else wakes up. I Honestly, I go to bed when my kids go to bed at like uh-huh. 8 o'clock Good for still. you. That's good. Good for you. But I like the mornings. But if I've had like, – when I was sick and I didn't get up in the morning, it's been hard to reset my alarm at 5.30. Oh, and yes. it doesn't get easier until you're right. a couple weeks into right. it. Right. Um, so. I'll be honest with you.
0: A little secret here again. I have worked out every day of my life since probably 18, 17, 18 years old. And since my granddaughter was born and I started my foundation, my company, I haven't worked out consistently in, I mean, two days in a row in six years. And I'm okay with it. I still have my time to myself and I'm always on the go, but I'm okay. I've given myself a break. I have just now, right now, decided just in this last month to get back in the gym consistently.
1: That's the important part, to be okay with it. It's like
0: I've given myself permission to not pencil that in in my day. And I think that's a huge part to
2: acknowledge as well. That's a long
0: break. I'm not saying, you know, (laughs) that's a long break, but don't beat yourself up.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think that's the biggest point, right, is just being active throughout the day. I mean, which one's better, being 30 minutes in the gym and then sitting around all day or being active all day? That's right. You don't have to just go to the gym. (laughs) Thank you for saying that.
0: Lola is a female-founded company that believes women shouldn't have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products. Lola products are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. They offer pads, liners, tampons, plus gynecologist-approved cleansing wipes that are safe for use anywhere on the body. Plus, Lola products come in a customizable subscription. Choose your mix of products, mix of absorbency, and frequency of delivery. And for every purchase, Lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. I love that. I keep these products around the office for all the girls here, and everyone loves them. For 40% off your first month subscription, visit MyLola.com and enter Got a Secret when you subscribe. That's MyLola.com, code GOTASECRET. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. These purifiers use revolutionary technology to destroy indoor air pollutants at a molecular level, removing them from the air you breathe. Molecules technology has been verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. Allergy and asthma sufferers from around the country now have an all-new purifying experience. Whether you need the Molecule Air for large rooms or the Molecule Air Mini for smaller rooms, you can now choose the unit that's best for your space or create a bundle to provide an air purification solution for your entire home. For 10% off your first air purifier order, visit molecule.com and enter Robin McGraw at checkout. That's M O L E K U L E.com. Code Robin McGraw. Ladies, do you experience hot flashes? I opened up about my personal journey with menopause in episode nine, and it's hard to talk about menopause without talking about hot flashes. Ooh, I could not stand them. They're horrible. Introducing EmberWave. It is the first non-medical wearable device that helps you feel colder at the press of a button. Worn as a bracelet, EmberWave will release a burst of cooling to a pressure point on your wrist once activated. It's sort of like that comforting feeling you have when you sleep on a cool pillowcase. How great is that? Well, it gets even better because Ember is offering my listeners $30 off. To get this limited time offer, go to EmberWave, E-M-B-R, wave.com slash Robin McGraw, and the discount will automatically be applied at checkout. That's $30 off your order today. To get this limited-time offer, go to embrwave.com slash mcgraw, and the discount will automatically be applied at checkout.
2: Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise.
1: What a wonderful day!
2: It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible.
1: I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multilayered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth. But when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential Television.
0: Now, there's one thing I want to stop and do right now before we get any further. We have a thing we do here on the podcast for every episode, and that is we have a drink of the day. And it's kind of it's been kind of chilly this week, and it's holidays and such. So I picked a drink called the Timeout, mm-hmm. which I think has been appropriate at this point. <laughs> and it's um, eight ounces of coffee and one ounce of Bailey's, mm-hmm. and then you top it off with a little whipped cream and cinnamon. And we can serve it hot or cold. Now I don't do any dairy, so I'm gonna go without the whipped cream. And I'm also gonna do it iced. What would y'all like? Hot or cold? I'm gonna do
2: mine hot. I'm I doing, also yeah. will do no whipped cream. Okay. I'll do cold.
0: And you'll do iced, okay? With so whipped cream. With with the whipped cream. Of okay, perfect.
1: You gotta die of something.
0: And here hear the girls back there scooping ice. <laughs> so we'll have them bring that out and enjoy that while we Thank continue you. to visit.
1: So I think it's important, like you said, to make sure you guys like as pe- mothers especially to take care of yourself. Yes. Because it Becomes very tiresome after a while, and you feel nobody's focused on you. Mm -hmm. So, you've got to have your routines and the things that mean things to you.
2: Yes. And I think to find what that is, if that's when you get to go off and have a cup of tea and journal. um, Right. For me, when I first was coming back after my first son, that was what the pool became. I got to go, I would swim in the mornings. I would get to push myself and be in the water. And it was also being social, being with mm-hmm. my teammates. Mm-hmm. And, and then I would go home and I got to be mom right. the rest of the day. And having that piece was really important to making me feel yes. like I could be the mom I wanted right. to be.
1: Because many people rely on their partner or husband to take care of them and it doesn't work that way. And then they get resentful. So it's important to take care of you.
2: And my husband and I right now are trying to find a, a new schedule. The focus has always been on me going to the pool. And he's been amazing since we had both boys in really supporting my Olympic dream. And he his working out took a back seat.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh I think he's he's more the kind of person that needs to work out every day. Like that is part of To
1: relieve of, his stress. And yeah, say, yeah, to
2: relieve stress. Yeah. And uh he Thank hasn't gotten to have that. And so now that we're switching roles, um, he's going to the pool and swimming in the morning and Um, It's been fun to lay out a week and decide when I'm going to work out, when he's going to work out and days that we want to be at home just with the family and and just really trying to develop a schedule that works for both of us.
0: I love that. That was my, I have it written down as a question, what is your parenting style? And I love that the two of you have worked together to make everything work before children and now after children that. That is so
2: important that the two of you work together to help each other have what you need, yes, and I mean that that's a journey of discovery, <laughs> even though
0: it was a mutual decision. Did you ever feel any guilt when you would leave Ugh. knowing he was staying home with the children?
2: Mom guilt is so hard, yeah, Ooh,
0: I just gave you children yeah. yes, <laughs> so
2: thank hard. you for saying that I think you know the way that I dealt with it at first was uh i we were able to have a nanny. And so my youngest, when he was born, he came to the pool with me. Um, He came to swim meets with me. And it was amazing to feel like that helped my journey to 2016 as well was it wasn't, I want to shoot for 2016. And so, you know, Arlen's just going to be at home a lot. I just brought him everywhere. He was such a good traveler. He was good in hotels. And then you make an Olympic team. And you're told that your family can't come to training camp, that you could only see them twice um, during during training camp. During training camp, it's it's about a month. Um, And that was really hard. At first, I was told one weekend. uh, I worked with USA Swimming to make it two. um, And I still, I, I tend to play by the rules, I like to support. I mean, it's it's one of those like I was on the national team as a thirteen year old. I also don't want all the veterans not hanging out with the team and going off with their own families. Like, but it felt like a major part of me was missing, and I was in a hotel room by myself. Um, my coach wasn't named to the Olympic staff, so she wasn't there either. Um, your trainer that I that had trained that did all my weights, did all my tissue work. Nope, they're not allowed. You have to use the people that that they bring on staff. Um so it was it was this weird state of having pursued an Olympics for very different reasons that had become my own and and making this balance work with motherhood and then facing you know there there haven't been very many moms on the swim team. We have they we haven't had to change the rules. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they will change and that they can see it doesn't have to be all or nothing, mm-hmm. that I can still bond with my teammates, but be able to see my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a very interesting dynamics going into 2016. And um, and I think that, that that was another push of this shift of how much longer do I want to continue swimming and do have my dreams changed. I was excited to pursue this other, this architecture side of me. And, um, you know, I gave myself a lot of time. I think that was something that my coach helped me do. Even in, in college, it was like, you don't have to make fast decisions, like give yourself time to play with this idea. Um, so I, I did some time at the architecture firm. I took a couple months off and then I was like, no, I am in a swim. And I got back in for a couple months and you know, I'd get to practices where I was kind of like, Why am I still doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I was just ready to pursue something else. I was excited for new challenges and new dreams and that new schedule. And I love that. Yeah.
1: It's good you transitioned out.
2: Yeah. And it was was on my own terms.
1: That's the best thing to do.
2: Yeah. It wasn't an injury. It wasn't, you know, I didn't miss a meet and then say I'm not good enough. It was your choice. It was my choice. That's nice. I loved it.
1: Do you ever see yourself as an advocate for moms in the Olympics?
2: I, I would love to do that. I mean, we're seeing it, especially in other countries where there's more moms competing, um, even in swimming in other countries. And um, I'm going to blank on her name, but there's a, a Swedish swimmer who is just amazing. And her family was right there on the pool deck. Yeah. Oh, that's um, nice. Now, for me, that's a little too close. Uh-huh. Um, I, I do think I needed, I would need to focus uh-huh. on the pull deck. Right. Uh-huh. Of, mommy, right. mommy, right? That was a I fear need to of go mine. Potty. Right. like, take your <laughs> exactly. mark. And you hear silence, <laughs> and then it's just, Mom. Right. <laughs> oh, no. Right. Um, but there, yeah, there's a, a balance mm-hmm. um, that needs to still be figured out for USA moms. Wow. I am so impressed. Me too. I, I sit here. I'm so impressed I'm in awe because of
0: this. I'm so proud of you impressed by your journey. I was just going to ask Dr. Sophie, what would be some advice you would give all moms that are listening that suffer through mom guilt? Because I can promise you, as a mom myself, I believe we all suffer mom guilt I think in yeah, one way or the
1: other. Really don't give into it because if you're not focused in what you're going to do instead of being with your family, then it's a loss on both ends mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Really take and embrace that piece for yourself. Because you'll come back as a better whole, para- whole person and a whole mother, and you have to see it as that. Yeah, it feels it, but you're really doing the greater good for your family.
2: Mm-hmm. When there's so much out there, it seems like you can almost never win. You stay at home, right? Well, there's all these criticisms about being a stay-at-home mom, right. and then you go to work, and then. You can also read into being bashed for going to work. Yes. and um, That's
1: why you do what's right for you.
2: You have to find your own balance yes. Yes. and what makes you happy. And, and your family. And stick with that, yep. yeah. And mm-hmm. that can be flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids are in school a little bit longer since I've retired with this new architecture job. And it's been figuring out what works for them, what works for me. A, a new level mm-hmm. of mom guilt mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. well, now I'm away from the house a little bit more. Um, and it's just constant movement of that Mm -hmm. schedule and about the expectations that you place on yourself. But
1: you got to stay mindful of not losing yourself. Because once you do is when the anger and resentment starts Mm -hmm. and it bleeds.
0: And I just from myself as a mother who's now finished raising, you know, you never really finished raising your children, but my boys are 40 and I still call them boys. I still say, hey, baby, when I see them and they still don't care. But uh, they're 40 and 33 and... So I feel comfortable. Of course, now no mom guilt. But um, I can tell you, as I look back and all that mom guilt I experienced while raising them, oh, I hope I did this correctly. And I hope it was okay. I let them do that instead of this or whatever. We're always going to experience it. But in the end, when they're grown, you will look back and say, oh, it's a great mom. Like light, like, I want to say now, I should have lightened up on myself. Like, right. Why did I do right. that to myself? The h- entire time I was raising them my love for them and my, my desire to raise them the best I could to raise two wonderful young men turned out to be great. Like, in my opinion, I think I raised mm-hmm. two great, loving, dedicated young men as sons. So I can't even remember why I felt guilty. And I, I wish I could talk to my younger self, my younger mom, and say, lighten up on yourself. Everything's going to be just fine because my intent was to raise them to be phenomenal young men, mm-hmm. older men. And I still look at them and I think that if that helps any
2: yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think it speaks to some of why we have mom guilt, some of us, that you want to raise great it. kids. Right. That's right, right. You
0: know, that's why I believe we have yeah. it. Is there anything that you never had as a child from your parents values, anything like that that you really want to make sure you instill in your children?
2: Yeah, I think the only thing that is a recurring thing that I've thought about is I I just really want them to feel heard, Mm. that I'm not too busy or I'm not stuck in my own set of ways of doing things or my own expectations that I can break out of that and just really listen to them. And their experience and what they're going through. And I think some of that goes back to, you know, wanting to have this other side of, of anyone's Olympic experience. And I think feel like every Olympian, it's a roller coaster. There's ups and there's downs. And you have to acknowledge the downs to really appreciate yeah. the highs. But that's
1: the hardest thing as a parent to listen. Yeah. It's very hard. Right.
2: Yeah, it is. It's
1: very hard.
0: Because you think if you don't, only because you're doing something for them. Right. You're preparing their meals right. or you're doing whatever you need to do to make their life better. So it's okay. I'll, I'll Just give me five minutes. Just give me 10 minutes.
1: Or you think you have the answer for the issue they're telling you about. They don't want the answer. They just yeah. want to be heard.
2: I learned that with my husband. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> I actually took a, uh, a college course on the difference in gender and how we speak yes Mm -hmm. um and it was just really interesting it brought up so many things with me and my husband and uh you know it was was talking about things at the time that women when they talk to each other it's usually very encouraging and you do a lot of like "Uh uh-huh yeah and um my husband tended to want to solve it he wanted to fix it if i was complaining well he wanted to come up with a solution and i almost saw it as belittling of my issue that yes. he felt like he right. could just come in and fix it right. uh exactly. so it's like, just no it no to explore yeah, that yeah, let's, let's
1: that's estrogen this. and testosterone <laughs>
0: and, and not always do men have the answer to a woman's issue
1: <laughs> right most mm-hmm. times like, they don't oh they you should don't just see listen.
0: it at all I'm sorry you just don't get it no yeah. that's not the answer
2: but then for because him too like to feel like he's He's supporting our family. Mm-hmm. He's um, mm-hmm. taking care of us. Like, he's supposed to have the answer. Like, that's right. That's, right. that's, that's a whole have different it, yes. side of yes. stress right. and pressure to put right. on right. yourself.
1: Right. but, but he is, has We're to... the
0: nurturers. They're the gatherers. Right. They go out and gather, right. and protect the family, stand in the door and protect. And we nurture the family and such. So, of course, they're going to think, like, I need to solve this problem. But sometimes it's just, no, you just need to. I actually can remember when Jay was going off to college and was a really tough time but for me of course and but I never wanted to be sad or cry in front of Jay because it was a beautiful time in his life it was phenomenal he was getting excited going away to college I felt like Philip and I had prepared him beautifully for it but still as his mother I was very reflective and I would sit around and oh, oh, and I'd start to cry all by myself and then when I'd go to bed at night I just let the tears flow yeah because then Jay couldn't see it but I'd wait till Philip went to sleep, but I was just like, oh, start crying. And one night I could tell he was awake because he moved. And I was like, oh, okay, well, he's just going to roll over here and cover me. And uh, and he did. He kind of rolled over and started patting me. And then I thought, I don't know what happened, but I, I went, what? That's all you've got? I'm married to Dr. Vell. <laughs> Where are all these words of wisdom you have for the entire world? I'm obviously upset. Bless his heart. <laughs> You're always telling me not to, Dr. Phil, you. So I just go, I went, yeah, you're right. Okay. It was not at all. I had him so confused, but yeah, I, I don't know what took me It there. was an anyway. empty nest. Anyway, it's like men don't always have the answers, what I was saying, but they sure try, don't they? Yeah. They sure yeah. try.
1: As long as it's coming from a good place. It's yeah. always
2: coming yeah. from a good yeah. place. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you, Dana, do you think you'll be more nervous watching your children compete or when you or competing yourself?
2: Probably for them. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I've you already been weren't. more nervous from watching my husband compete. Oh. Uh, so he also was a swimmer. He swam at Stanford, and they have an alumni weekend where they the alumni race the college team. And I think because I, I know his expectations and what he wants from himself, and I just want him to be happy and to, to yes. feel confident and yeah. successful. And so...
1: It's hard. I mean, has it been hard to watch if Jay or Jordan go through something tough and you can't really do much but
2: do this? Yes, yes.
0: you know, moms are not allowed to run out on the field yeah, right. or run out on the right. court. That's tough. So I've never never been able to do that. But one one way that Philip and I have always been different, of course, just as men and women, but moms and dad Philip would always on on change over or whatever it was and boys would run over and I always thought it was so cute. They'd be sweaty and and look through those helmets or whatever it was and look at their dad, like, how am I doing? Or what do you think? And he'd be giving them a little coaching on the side, like, well, maybe try to do this. And my contribution was always, have fun, baby. (laughs) Because they'd run off just to have fun. That's all
2: about it, have fun. So, well, that's that's what I want to be. Yeah. You know, I just want to be supportive. And I feel like having that foundation of knowing that regardless of if they win or lose, my love for them will right. never change. Right. And um, it's a, a fear of mine and will be an ongoing um, f- figuring it out of if they do want to swim. Yeah. Like I want yeah. them to know that they don't have to have multiple Olympic medals for me to be right. so happy with them and yes. thrilled yes. at their journey and them swimming. Um, I think you're going to be very successful in teaching them that. I just yeah. I really think you are. I hope so. I <laughs> it really starts
1: do. now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It does start now.
2: Yeah.
0: Dr. Sylvie, let me just ask you this. When it comes to Dana and other adults like her, not just women, I guess, but that are as successful in her focus growing up and such and in, in her training, do you think it, it is truly just mind over matter? She allowed her mind to go there when she needed to or what all is involved
1: in yes I really do because that's the thinking that she put into and understanding what it is about the sport you like and it wasn't just you know you're gonna jump in and be a rah-rah and aggressive like everybody else you're gonna find your place in it because if you don't find that then you're not able to focus yourself and really be successful you're trying to fit round into square thingy Mm -hmm. but you really have to do that hard thinking and then have your mind guide you because there's days your heart wasn't with your mind and you didn't want to get out of bed I'm sure but your mind knew to get out of bed because it was something you connected to and would get something out of. So it's a lot of work, but it's better. Yeah. Because that's what makes it last.
2: And sometimes when you know, I feel like it's great to have big, lofty dreams, mm-hmm. but that it's more the day to day goals that you set for yourself right. that actually make those possible. Mm-hmm. And you know, making n- missing the two thousand eight Olympics like four years can seem so long to say I want to be an Olympian again. Four years seems like forever. Yeah. And to more just break that down, to be like, I do need to get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have to head to the pool and say, I'm going to be an Olympian. I need to have the best practice I've ever had in my life. And I need to do that every single day. And uh, if I don't, then I somehow am failing. That it was taking it back and being like, all right, I'm going to at least get up and brush right. my teeth. Right. Mm-hmm. Once I'm out of my bed, it was always a lot easier mm-hmm. to, to then right. go. And then... Mine was, and I think a lot of athletes are like this, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. I am very self-motivated. Um, but in that, I've also learned that for me, it's more of a mental strategy of how to take pressure off.
0: That's so true. Right. That exactly how I am. I can be very, I call it self-critical, yes. but in a positive way. Not so much self-critical, but I put a lot of pressure on myself. But it motivates me. So it's really more motivational pressure because I think through everything. I make lists in my mind and I write on paper exactly what I think it's going to take to achieve a goal. And that's how I do it. Like I have it on paper, but I also have it in my mind. And that
2: kind of pressure is so energizing for me. Yeah, I mean, I found for me through this journey that I am very self critical. I will say critical. It's not oh, always yes. a good inner voice. Um, I beat myself up sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. but then I, I have lofty goals, but I've learned that I don't like, I sometimes build up other people's expectations and that I'm going to let oh. them down. And it becomes more about my fear of others' expectations of me than about, I start to lose sight yeah. of me. Right. And, Having to constantly bring that back in my races and especially when my son Arlen was born and I'd come back to competitions and I would catch myself saying like, all right, I think everyone thinks I should be at this time. I need to be getting this place if I'm going to be realistic in my comeback to the Olympics. Now, how would you
0: decide on what you thought everyone else was thinking where you should be? That's a good question.
2: I don't know, made up in my mind yeah. what I think other it's people expect- expected. Right.
1: Exactly. You made it up. And they maybe didn't expect anything.
2: Yeah. And that's what I i had to start to learn, that uh, I would sometimes view people's excitement and support as expectations mm-hmm. that were almost paralyzing to me. Okay. And working through that. And so, I mean, I would get behind the blocks. And, you know, internally I'd say my goal is to finish this race. Good. I, I'm more than likely going to finish the race. I, yeah. could, I can swim 100 <laughs> meters of butterfly. Um, but that was what I needed to tell myself to get up and just swim. And then when I'm in there, I have a fierce competitive side. I don't like to get beat. Um, And that will fight. But if I get up in the blocks and I'm telling myself, I don't, I want to win. I want to fight. Like it's, it's a I don't get as energized. Yeah, it's too much that. pressure. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's it's, it's, it's too much pressure. You f- almost freeze. Like, right. don't do that to me. Yeah. To yeah. Yourself. I'd almost rather not do it for right. fear that I can't do it. Right.
1: But doing it and jumping in into something you want to do and then being fierce yes. is the key.
0: I love that because it, those that stand outside right before and go, come on, and try to right. and pump themselves up might not be the way to right. do it for them and they right. haven't
2: realized that. Right which was a really empowering moment for me in the 2012 Olympics. It was actually my personal coach was the head coach. It was the first time that a female was has ever been the head coach of an Olympic team.
1: Oh, that's nice. And Aww. we
2: sat, we had a team meeting where we went around, and one, it felt like a very safe space, and everybody was very open, and we talked about what makes you nervous. What are you excited about going into this Olympics? What are you afraid of? What are things that you like to hear before you race, and what are things that you don't want to hear before you race? And it was amazing that that was the first time that a national team coach, I felt like we had that conversation as a group. And there are things I've learned that if a coach comes up to me and says, like, have a good start and a good turn, then that's what I overthink about in my race, and I have a bad start and I have a bad turn because I'm overthinking them. Yes. Yes. And my coach learned that she comes up and says, you've done the work. This is the time to go have fun. And it's just like, oh, okay. And I get so excited about that. Like, I don't don't need someone to tell me what they think. You don't need need more pressure
1: on you. Yeah. Smart woman. Yeah.
0: Smart coach. Before we go on, because I just want to give a personal bravo to your husband. Because everything (laughs) we've talked about through all of this conversation, I feel like he's been a wonderful husband yes. and father. Yeah, I know no one's perfect, of course and but we don't want to talk
2: about that today. What we have talked about though, I feel like he deserves a huge bravo. Yeah. We we went on our first date a month after I missed the 2008 Olympics. Really? Oh, wow. If you can try to think about my wow. mindset yeah. what a what month after like? missing the Olympic oh. team, all this self-discovery that I've talked about has been he he's been there for that. To allow me the freedom to continue to discover who I am uh-huh. and what that means to me and what I want to pursue and um, he
0: obviously he listens he's never forgotten probably anything you said when he first met you because <laughs> you were in a place where you had a before story you had a, the after story both Olympics yeah making it not making I mean I think he
2: was a huge key to me making the 2012.
1: Olympics in what way? Too.
2: In having that foundation of I, I truly knew. We got married in August of 2011 that he could care less like he if I made an Olympic team or not. Besides the fact that I wanted it. Right. Mm-hmm. That we I, it's like for the first time I could really see the future that my life was not defined by how I performed in this That's sport. That's because
1: he loved you, not the swimmer in you.
2: hmm.
1: <gasps> yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And he, yeah. his ego didn't take over, did it?
2: No. Right? No. Love it. And we both have our moments, of course. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, of course.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> of course. It's not like we're just all happy all the time, but yeah. um, I think The that's... music doesn't play every time you walk in the room. No. I <laughs> no. love music. That's time. true.
0: That's Yeah, so but I no, feel, like feel like
1: it's
2: maybe the main thing that I've taken away from my swimming is, is the confidence that whatever's thrown at me, you I can figure it out. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be perfect. People tend to see the gold medal. They don't necessarily see the the rough training day that you made it through. Exactly. And I, I've been really inspired, actually, by this new wave on Instagram of people showing like an Instagram photo and then reality. Love that, too. Yeah. I love it. It makes me feel so much better about myself when I, when I see that and I want to do it more. And oh, good. I was going to ask you how you felt about social media, both of you. Because I love
0: hearing that, that, yes, I think that's a positive. Yeah. I really love when people show, well, I fixed this a little bit or or here's how I looked before and here's myself all dressed up and just all of that. So
2: yeah. I, I like it. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: people embracing themselves. Yes. Which is nice.
2: Yeah, And I like seeing, like, there's um, a bunch of fitness people that I follow. And they'll be like, this is literally the same background still sitting here and they like do an angle and they look super in shape. Yes. You know, and then yes. they turn, they're like pregnancy skin, yes. like right. here it is. Yes. Um, and I'm like, oh, see, like. It's what, what, I have that. Like, that's exactly, exactly, that. right. Right. Like, right. That's exactly <laughs> right because there
0: are <laughs> angles and those filters. Every time I run through those filters on there, I'm like, you know, I really like my original better, but that's just personal choice. If someone right. wants to put a filter, let them put yeah. it. Yeah. I really just enjoy seeing the post in the,
2: their comments they make, or people need fun. to lighten up. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I think it's knowing that, sense. like, people try to present themselves the best that they can. Like, that yes. doesn't mean you need to compare your bad days to what they're posting on social right. media. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly right. So I have a game for us to play. Are y'all up for it?
1: I am. Sure. sure. Uh, okay. oh, you're going to be competitive, aren't you? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. She is. We're, we're playing this game with I a, a top competitor. But still, I don't. I think it's... Going to be so much fun. We already know. This game is called "How Would You Handle It?" Your child is having a meltdown on an airplane.
2: How would you handle? it? Oh, I've had lots of these. <laughs> <laughs> um, ha! I mean, I I've tried hard to just continue for myself to be calm. Yes. Knowing that me getting all anxious and worked up is only making the situation worse. That's so true. Um. I've actually been really thankful to other parents on the plane that have come up and said, like, hey, you you did a good job. Like, it's tough. Like, you handled it awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I, as a mom now, I'm definitely less judgmental yeah. of screaming right. kids <laughs> on planes. <laughs> That's right. 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 It's like you want to quiet them, but then, but you know this is going to happen. And you just... Yeah, yeah. So I try to distract. I try to come up with something to get their mind off of whatever they're fixated on. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's... Yeah. That's, I'm just I mean, sitting there being really mean, like, oh, yeah. please stop crying, <laughs> Dr. Sophie.
1: It's hard because I go into, should I be a shrink and look at <laughs> yeah. this as a psychiatrist or should I just be a father? Yeah. And so, both. I, <laughs> yeah, I do both and try to figure out is he hungry? Does he have to poop? <clears throat> yeah. Or is he just Eerie. tired and he can't get to sleep or does his ears hurt in yeah. the plane? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I can remember my boys and having meltdowns, and you're right. I would just, are you hungry or, you know, I, I always would take off their shoes because I can remember one time for both of them, uh, putting on their shoes and their little toe was twisted oh, yeah. or yeah. You know, pinching. But yeah, you just do whatever you have to do. Right, Take off the shoes and see if that's it or see if they have a right. tummy ache or earache or whatever and then rock them.
1: Because the worst mm-hmm. is when people are looking at you and you know they're judging you.
0: And you know they are. Yeah. And I just go, oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, Great right. yeah. lines. He can't talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Your child is flunking math class.
1: Well, been there, done it. Um, it's tough because if you get angry, they're going to fail more. So it's how you approach it and make it safe emotionally for them to just be open and honest.
0: Every day of our both of our boys' uh, time in, in school. If they struggled with anything, we hired a tutor. Yeah, I, I see nothing wrong with hiring help or getting a tutor or someone who focuses or specializes in that subject, especially when
2: exams came around.
1: Just it destroys your help. relationship if you're the person doing it. Yeah.
2: So this was an area that I actually loved with my dad.
1: Oh, yeah?
2: Yeah. So um, my mom was actually a second-grade teacher, and um, she seemed a little more teachery yeah. yes. when she would try to help us huge difference yes. and my dad just seemed like i don't remember high school algebra i want to learn this with you oh. and he'd be there and we'd be doing the problems and seeing who got what answer and it just it felt like we were both learning it and That's both tackling wonderful. it and So I hope to have that kind of that same explorative mindset going into homework with with my kids.
0: I will tell you the few times that would help either one write a paper or something. I couldn't wait until the next day to pick them up like, what did we get? What did we get on that paper?
1: One time my son had math that he couldn't do, and I found an app that if you take a picture of the problem, they do it for you. Mm. So I— did it. And he thought, wow, my dad knows all this stuff. (laughs) So now I was held to this standard of doing this and he thought I could do it, but I couldn't. I never told him.
0: Well, I have to tell you, uh, Jordan had a math problem and Philip, Jordan's uncle, and another man in the family was there that night. None of them could figure it out. And they were all convinced they had written the problem wrong. Right. No, it wasn't wrong. They They just just couldn't couldn't figure it it (laughs) out. But really. Okay. So (laughs) your young child asks where babies come from. Uh, I
2: haven't really thought through how I'm going to answer that yet. Yeah. Um, I know that we've talked about like mommy, mommy can grow babies in her belly Uh, and he really likes that. And, um, but you know, he asks me, mommy, when I get older, I want to grow a baby in my tummy, you know, you're lucky they're still two and four. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, that's cute. So I know I'll have to come up with a better answer. It's been one of those where it's it's got to be challenging. When do you start introducing concepts mm-hmm, like this to your mm-hmm. kids? And I also don't want to have the kid that's necessarily told first and decides he wants to go tell all the right, other right, kids at right, school. and, and, his little and right. brother. But you don't want him to be the last one to know and like feeling yeah, like he doesn't know about the world. Because he goes, is this true? Because I heard today. Yeah, yeah. Parenting is hard. Yeah, it this is. is hard.
1: It's the hardest job you'll ever do. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Dr. Sophie? I, um, I think it's important to be honest, as simple as you can. But in my situation, it's, I have a partner, so we had him through surrogacy. And, you know, we've been asked that question in different stages, yes. and we give different answers that are age appropriate.
0: Perfect. Both of my boys, you know, I didn't have to worry about it because their father did the speech and the, the conversation. Mm. Actually, I was never asked that question. Really?
1: Yeah, that's a Dr. Phil question. That's a doctor. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, so we have one more game now. The imperfect parenting quiz, yes or no? Have you ever dropped the F-bomb in
2: front of your kids?
1: No. Not yet, you mean.
2: Well, it's not really a <laughs> word that I ever use. So other, other words that I could see happening, but never never that one.
1: I try my best not to, <laughs> but I'm human. <laughs>
0: I can say they're older now, as we all know, and I probably have, but raising them, no. And I yeah. never drop in front of my children. Yeah, never, children, them. ever. Right. So bribed your child, and be honest, it says here. Have you ever bribed
2: your child? Of course. <laughs> yes, I have. 100%. <laughs> 100%.
1: 100%. <laughs> right.
2: Just okay. this morning when Riker right. was hanging onto my neck saying, Mommy, take me with you, take me with you. We walked by and we still had the candy bowl out from Halloween. Oh yes. And he goes, ooh, lollipop. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, you can have a lollipop if you stay home with Daddy. Okay. okay. And he walked away. <laughs> Bye-bye. See ya.
0: That love is deep.
1: Oh, yeah. Robbed for sure.
0: Let your kids eat food that fell on the floor. Yes.
2: No. Depends on what floor. I was just going to say that. I was like, well, if it's my floor, yes. Sometimes I can't stop them before they've already eaten.
1: Yeah. That's definitely, yeah.
2: It depends. So well, we the have floor. the five
1: second rule. Yeah, yeah. Because if you know, over, I'm going to yeah.
2: stand and
0: make it, and accidentally falls, I'll, I'll just tell him, "Look over there, grab it <laughs> off the floor." Yes, the answer is yes. Okay. Forgotten to pick your kids up from school or practice?
1: Mm. Not yet. Yeah. You did. I even put the wrong uniform on when he went to practice one time. <laughs> I put it, I've forgotten the
0: uniform and then put it on backwards, but. Right. Um, right. I never, for, I never forgot. To well,
1: I didn't mom. forget. I was just always late.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Thank lied about your child's age to get a discount.
1: No, no, I never did.
0: No, no, I never did that either. Used your kid as an excuse to get out of something you didn't want to do. Yeah. Probably,
1: yes. 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 yes.
0: I'm going <laughs> to tell you I about I to go home. I'll be honest kids. with you here. My mother, I heard my mother tell my sister this. I have three older sisters and children. She said, never use your child as an excuse not to go somewhere or not to do something because they have yet to grow up and that very thing could happen to them. And it it has stuck with me my entire life. Like The guilt. The guilt of that because she said, you never know, that could happen. i <laughs> like, oh, I remember her saying that. So <laughs> I've never used my child. Like, my child is sick, I cannot come because sure as you say it, it could happen.
2: It scared me out of ever doing yeah. It's interesting easy. seeing it that way, too. Yeah. That my my parents always told me, if you ever need to use us for an excuse to not to not do something, you can use us. Yes. Like, yes. Your friends want you that. to come to this party. Right. You don't want to go? Well, my parents won't allow me. Right. Yes. They'll back me. Yes. Right. I actually <laughs> told my boys that as well. Yeah,
1: I tell Ben that, too. Yes. You know, especially with drugs or alcohol. See, yes. My dad's a crazy nut with drug testing. He's going to test me when I get home.
0: Yes. We told our boys the same thing. Like, Jay would go over to spend the night with some kids, two or three their parents would put them to bed like at 7 30 p.m. And we always let Jay stay up as late as he wanted when he was young, not, not in school. Because we'd play with him. Philip yeah. would come in, you know, just at dinner time for something from work and he didn't get to see him. So we let him stay up. And uh, he'd go spend the night with a few kids and he'd call us. He'd stick to the, everybody could be gone to bed. Oh, no problem. <laughs> then I'd call over there or Philip would like, so sorry to do this. But we've been called out of town or whatever. i telling some secrets here, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, lied about eating your child's snack. I guess this feeds to your child. Um, I don't think so. No, I haven't. Oh, I haven't. I ask them if they're not going to eat it. Yeah, can I have right, it? Right, exactly. <laughs> you
1: know? yeah.
0: Giving your kid candy to avoid a tantrum. Yes. So I say. just Did I yeah. just admit <laughs> to yes. that with the lollipop? Oh, yes, <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Yes, I have many times.
2: <laughs> I try, like if I'm at home... And it's like a tantrum that we can handle and it's a teaching moment. But like we're in the middle of a restaurant and he's going to have a huge tantrum on the floor. Like, and you know, I, tired t- or- I try yeah. to teach as much as I can, but when it's going to ruin everybody else's dinner yes. too, like I can yes. take them you outside. Want ice cream? Or, you you know? want ice
0: cream instead of
2: that broccoli and steak right. I gave
1: you? Exactly. Get up here and <laughs> <Right>. eat it.
0: <laughs> okay. Hit in the bathroom to escape your kids. I have not. No. I've. Just said I'm it's mommy's bathtub.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't come in. Right. <laughs> Your boys. And right. okay. Made a meal that nobody wanted to eat. Yes,
2: I have. I, do you cook? I do cook. And uh I don't think I I don't think I have. I think my husband's always sweet enough that he'll eat it, no That's matter so what cool. it is. Like when we first bought our house, we decided like we we really enjoy having good steaks and we figured out how to make a perfect steak at home. And uh, but we had never used our oven before at this house. And so we cooked these steaks. They were so dry. <laughs> but it's our first time in our brand new house. And so we sat and we made ourselves eat some of this oh, steak. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> but that would be my closest of like, we shouldn't eat this. Yeah, That's <laughs> so true. Yeah.
0: That's your first first meal in your new home. You want to take it, and you taste it. And you want to eat some of it. We would
2: do the same thing. Yeah. And but, now it's, I mean, it's just such a funny memory.
1: But it tasted like yeah. a shoe.
2: It did oh, yeah, pure rubber. Now I've never cooked a steak in the oven. Yeah, so we we do stuff. we like sear it for a minute and a half on each side, usually in uh we we Would have I a vegan it? butter, but um on either side, and then um then you put it in on broil and it's like two and a half minutes on one side and three minutes really? on the other side. I'm gonna try that.
1: So it's vegan really butter on on meat.
2: Well, so my my <laughs> four year old has a dairy allergy. Yeah. And then my youngest is cashews and pine nuts, and then I'm gluten and egg. Um it's wow. a lot. So that came across yeah. the, the vegan butter, although we eat meat. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm going to try that
0: in the oven because we do it in a skillet on the stovetop. If okay. not on the grill, it's a mess. Yeah,
2: yes, yeah. So you like sear in all the juices. Yeah, yeah. Cook it. I had
0: one question before we finish, and it's just kind of a nosy kind of thing, <laughs> Doctor Sophie. Yes, ma'am. You have probably the most A-list celebrity practice ever. (laughs) And so how bad does it get when famous parents neglect their children instead of finding the balance that our Olympic swimmer and Olympic mother has created?
1: It's such a sad story because most people are not like that. And they've focused on themselves. They're narcissistic and... They're in that career and they're gonna make it successful, but you balanced it and that's great. They don't do that, they have help. Help is not a substitute for parenting. And kids know that, they're not dumb. Whether they're two or 10 or 15, they know their parent isn't there. And so that creates a lot of pain for a child that doesn't come out in maybe ways you would think. They're sad, they're not sleeping, they're angry, they tantrum, they steal, they lie, they take drugs, they look for attention in bad ways, they dress inappropriately, there's a million ways they show it. But parents miss it all the time. And kids end up really sliding through the cracks. And I've, as you can see, then the news is, I mean, there's a ton of war stories of celebrities with their kids.
0: And I'm, how conflicted do you think they are once they're old enough to read what their parents are saying in the in interviews and you know, red carpets about what wonderful parents they are right. or are being told how wonderful they are because that's what they're presenting. And then when the children actually hear and read that what kind of effect does it have on well, them? I know it's
1: bad, but... It's enraging to them because they're like, they feel they've lived this life of betrayal because these people are making themselves look this way and they really were this way. Mm. And it's even worse if there's a bad divorce because then they hear the nasty things each other was saying about the other one. Really bad stuff. So
0: sad. Yeah. It's a I'm sad sure
1: situation. You know. I, I mean, have it's many true cases for
0: it. non-celebrity parents as well, of course, but I think it's got to be worse. The
1: money makes it worse, unfortunately, because you can get layers and layers of people between you and your kid and that's the further your kid is from you that the the worse they're going to do. Keep it basic. You came from great basics. That's what helped you. Mm. The relationship a child grows up with, that's their role model of what a marriage is. So if they see this disconnect or 15 people parenting them, that's what they're going to go create. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm. I love that. Great information. So unfortunately, we're out of time. It was truly a privilege to speak to both of you today, and I got so much out of this conversation. I'm sure our listeners did too, and I'm, I'm I'm really really sad that it's over. And I want to thank both of you for being here today. It's it was like I said in the beginning. I came up with the title that everyone clicked on today at the end of this podcast. So thank you all for listening. I believe everyone, all of us are superstar moms and dads, and especially the two of you, Thank you because this has been so informative and I think it's been such a beautiful topic because it's been so full of inspiration yet you've been so real, both of you talking about the roles of mom and dad and just adult women and men and all of us and I, I know our listeners are just have just loved everything. So all of you superstar moms and dads out there, subscribe and review I've Got a Secret. If you love this conversation too, follow this podcast on social media by searching I've Got a Secret podcast on all platforms. I post fun videos of each episode that you don't want to miss. And visit I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com to submit your secrets and join our secret squad. Until next Wednesday, bye-bye.